what we do here is go back, 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 back. It's like a lazy Susan. You just get twisted around and around and around forever. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. Uh, we got a lot to get into, including your awesome trip to Vegas. Before we get into that and the recap, Andrew, how are you doing? Um, <clears throat> I'm alive. I'm back. Um, I did not tweet out a picture of where I was watching the game. I did send it to you. I know we don't believe in moral victories, but... At least I tried and I tried to FaceTime you and it was just the loudest place anyone should ever try to FaceTime anyone. So I'm doing good. The trip was fun. Um, and you texted me at the perfect time and said, remember you said, and you said in all caps, which I thought was very assertive of you. I had to yell at you because it was a little late. The game had started already. Yeah, but it was honestly the most perfect timing of, <laughs> of like not pregame, like not, you know, to where I'd have been like, nah, dude, F off. I'm ready to rock. It was like, no, that's exactly what I needed to hear right now. So, but yeah, I'm back. We're back. I'm feeling okay, but we'll get into that. Um, I'll share a little bit about my experience there, but how are you, partner? Uh, I'm okay, I guess. I mean, it's been a rough couple days trying to, you know, I mean, it's, it got to a point where, you know, the game was kind of comical very quickly. So, I found myself not as mad as other games because it was just so out of hand so quickly. Uh, but it sucks. You know, it's it's shitty that we're in this position again at this point in the year. So I'm okay. I mean, I'm not great, uh, but it is what it is at this point. And we have to sit here and recap this game. Yeah, it always feels like we're kind of like at a psychiatrist, like in the first couple of minutes of this of our podcast, we're like, how are you doing? not doing well. How are you? Just like laying on the couch, you know, but yeah, we'll get into um, the game here in a little bit, but um, you asked that I share a little bit about my experience in Vegas. First timer as mentioned. So we went out there this weekend um, and it was fun. It was a good time. It was a very fast 48 hours in terms of how fast 48 hours can go. And also just at the speed that we were operating um, thought we we didn't lack effort. Um, I'll tell you that um, strategy and execution could have been better at times. But you know what? I thought we we knew that it was a short period um, of time that we were going to be out there. So I thought we did well overall. But so, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Did some things, went around the strip, right? Saw some fountains, caught a show. But we, uh, we did plan um, to watch the game on Sunday at this place called uh, Stadium Swim. And I was right, by the way, when I thought I made the name up. Pretty straight to the point, right? It, yeah, it is. It just seemed too literal. But we went to this place, and it was like, I think like like 10 or 15 minutes off the strip. So it took a little bit of, bit to get there. Um, I was telling you earlier that, look, you got our Uber late. There was um, some miscommunication. It wasn't, I don't think it was our fault. I'm just going to blame someone else. But So we're in the car when the game had just started. So by the time we got into the Uber, got to that place, and got like settled, it was 21 nothing Chiefs. Um, so like you said got pretty comical pretty soon so or pretty quickly so um you sent me that text you said hey remember you said you're not gonna get mad your expectations are low 
Um, and it was perfect because I was already upset. I was just like, this is BS, but we get to this joint and it was pretty, it was pretty intense, man. You get to the top and it's stadium, right? It's kind of built like a stadium with levels. And so there's levels of, of pools and, you know, chairs and whatnot, hangout areas, but it all kind of goes down into, um, as stadiums do, um, go down into like the main area, but there's like a huge jumbotron that had basically every game on. Um, so it had red zone going and it had individual games going on. So it was pretty awesome as far as like just watching football and being a part of it. So that was great. Pools were heated cause it wasn't, you know, it, it is December. So the pools were heated, which made it enjoyable. They had a DJ that was live. So it's like the, they play the one main game. So the one main 10, 10 AM game that was, uh, you know, on CBS or Fox or whatever. So they played that. And when that would go to commercial, they would just kick it to this DJ and he would just start going, oots, at, oots, at. and everyone's like, mm, Jace, Jace, you know? So that was cool. Good grub, some good drinks. Um, so it was a great experience overall. But like I mentioned, we, it's like, we had our, our stuff, we had our towels, we had our, you know, drinks ready to go. And it was 21, nothing chiefs. And I'm like, well, we did come here to watch Raider game, but I believe it's over. So, but I think it honestly, it worked out because I, you know, we're down quick. You texted me saying, Hey, you already knew this was going to be the case. You're all right. And I was like, yeah. So I actually just was able to enjoy myself, which um, I'm not always able to do. And so I was able to enjoy myself and just move past the game. Obviously still watched it, but uh, yeah, it was a good time. Good time. Good experience. I will tell one story. So on, so we got in on Saturday and, you know, got in, got some breakfast and it's like, oh, let's go check into our, to our, uh, to our room. So get up there. And um, I went to, you know, I went downstairs to go grab something. I don't know what it was or go grab, get some waters or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, I got some cash on me. Let me just hit the blackjack table real quick. Right. Let me just test it out. So we just, we had just got there. So I'd like, what I think, I think I put like a hundred bucks down on the table and I won a hundred bucks. It was like that. It was, the guy was just handing me blackjacks basically. And I was like, thank you, sir. And it was four minutes, you know? And I was like, I made a hundred bucks in four minutes, which was not good as far as it was good, but also not good because I should have just been like, and now I'm done. So come back around, um, Saturday, eve- no Sunday after the game, you know, we, we were at, uh, we watched the end of the Raiders game. Um, we watched it through probably the beginning of the second half slate. We got through the witching hour. Um, and then we had our own witching hour, which is basically like, Hey, let's go, um, rest and get some, get out of the sun and get a shower. in. so, um, when we got back, I, I'm like, Hey, I had, I, I'm having a good time, but I have some negative vibes about the radio game. Let me just go downstairs. I won some money already on blackjack, get down at the blackjack table. And, uh, I keep winning just boom, boom, boom. Right. And I got up to like four or 500 bucks and I was like feeling great. And this is when you stop. Yep. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I was like. I'm going to turn this whole day around of negative Raider vibes and just win thousands. And as fast as I won it, I lost it. So I was like, well, I guess I break even kind of, I lost hundred bucks, but um, it was just very, and I, and I've, I play blackjack. Like I, I do that, but it was just the, the amount like of how quickly I won to how quickly I lost. I felt like was, I guess as, as, as much as we thought, the game had started and it was over. It was kind of like that. Yeah. It was basically the Raiders Chiefs experience comes at the full, Black full circle. So, yeah, but That's fantastic. No, overall, it's not, it's good. but it is. No, it's not. I mean, but it's a good story, and I think those are worth. That's good stories are worth hundred bucks. So, 
Um, but no, it was a good time. I do think that two days is enough. I think that's great. If, if I did go back, it would be cool to see other things, but I thought it was um, a good time. Would l- rather not see the Raiders lose like that, but all in all, good experience. So yeah, other stories we could get into, but it's just not really where we're going to stay on brand here. So yeah, well, well that's that sounds awesome. Sounds like you did have an entertaining time in Vegas. I will, mm-hmm. you know, with the Raiders getting blown out, you losing some money at blackjack. I won't say an amazing time because um, those things could have gone, you know, in a positive light. But mm-hmm. sounds like it was a decent trip in general. Um, reverting back to you, you saying that you FaceTimed me. Yes, I answered it, and it was just like hella loud in the background. And you're like, "What? What's going on?" And I'm like. Can you hear me? And then you're like, sorry, I've got Joe Buck yelling in one ear. ear it's first down Dallas. And then a <laughs> DJ bumping techno music in the other ear. And I was like, oh, I feel so sorry for you. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I was like, like, poor me. Poor you. <laughs> no, I, I just play the, the tiniest violin in your honor. <laughs> I know. Well, and I'm usually like, I'm usually calculated and I'm like, I'll just go. I'll remove myself from this because I go on to talk to Mike. But I was like, I'm going to call Micah right now. And Joe Buck's like, second and seven for the Cowboys. And I'm just like, yo, dude, like, relax. Okay. But yeah, I did. It was just a bad time to call you, but I was just, it is what, and I was like, I'll call you later. And I didn't. So here we are. Oh, good. Yeah. Get a long trip ahead of you on a Monday. Yeah. That wasn't fun. Sure. You got, got home and, and you were just like done, ready to pass out. And you had to go pick your daughter up and yeah, still and- get home late. So. Yeah, and the best part about it is we got home yesterday, and like you said, we had to go pick up Avery, and we're ever Allie and I are gassed. We're like, let's just get this child down at a reasonable hour. Let's feed her. Okay, um, so we did that. We're like, let's go to bed. And then my body was like, hey man, we still on for Vegas? I'm like, no, 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 we're back, dude. We're <laughs> back home. And then my and I, I was like, we didn't continue to drink. Obviously, when we got back yesterday, but my body just wouldn't let me go to bed. And I'm like, okay, well, this is fun. So. I needed the most sleep of all time and I got zero of it. Once again, tiny violin for Andrew, please. Um, But yeah, let's, um, we're, so we're going to touch on the game a little bit before we do, Micah, I'm going to kick it to you to tell the people who we are sponsored by today. Yeah. As always, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings football fans. I'm sure we all love an action packed, high scoring NFL game, but with the latest no brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, all right, so the uh, the Raiders played the Chiefs on Sunday. Um, I think we talked about that. Yeah, so 
obviously disappointing game. Um, the Chiefs end up taking home the W, um, 48 to nine. I think everyone knows what happened. It was a blowout. It was not fun for any parties included outside of Chiefs fans. So um, instead of going into both sides of the ball, whatever it may be, right? Like we usually do, and we talk and we and we did the preview a little different. Um, as well, but um, Mike had a couple uh, stats that he wanted to throw out. We'll get some um, some back and forth there, and then I have one final question um, as it relates to the future of the Raiders, and um, I think that'll be it for us today. So, uh, Mike, you want to share a little, a little bit of uh, notes that aren't great, but notes indeed. Yeah. So basically, instead of, um, and I'm I'm not going to say that we're not going to. Uh, you know, air out our grievances at some point through this conversation. But instead of sitting here and just complaining, you guys airing things out, I found a couple stats that we came across. Uh, very interesting stats. You could guess that it's has nothing to do with anything good for us. Uh, but the first one would like to touch on is going to be in regards to our defense. So this year, the Chiefs have faced two high safeties less than 40% of the time in only two games this season. Week 10 versus the Raiders, 28%. Week 14 versus the Raiders, 24%. The Chiefs scored 41 points in the Week 10 game, 48 in Week 14, compared to an average of 23.8 points a game in the other 11. So they basically doubled their totals uh, against us in the two games we played. And uh, the stark difference is the way that our defense plays their coverages. So... Andrew, we'll kick it to you uh, to start this discussion about this Gus Bradley defense that we were hopeful for and liked, and then we're at this spot. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's funny because last year, you know, we kind of got credit for for giving the the kind of that too high safety look um, to the Chiefs, and and felt like we gave them some issues with that. Um, it's like, oh, you guys found the blueprint a little bit for Mahomes, and that's what copycat league defenses have ended up doing, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I really don't have an answer for as to why we're not doing it. Um, I could tell you just from observations, why we w- kind of would shift back into that base. The too high safety look is, is basically if you're free and you're strong, you know, and they basically are taking, you know, each, each hash. Right. And so they'll play over the top, play that cover two look and kind of take the each, you know, each half to where it's hard to find those, those gaps in the defense. Um, so if you thought about, breaking up the secondary into thirds, you would have just far left hash. You have a center fielder and you have the far right hash, you know, so that that spreads it out to where it's tough to get, you know, over the top on the, from a sideline perspective, but you can still find those in between, you know, the numbers basically for lack of a better term. So we, we did that um, or we, we've done that and we gave Mahomes problems and, and what they've always done very well is, hit you right over the top and, and also within that thread of, you know, the numbers. And so that's why um, teams will do that and kind of force them to basically take those. If you thought of a corner out, take those two corners. Um, I'm not doing a very good job explaining this. If you had like two slots on each side of the ball and they ran corner routes, wherever they would end up, right. They're saying, Hey, you got to hit over here. So the reason that's been successful against the chiefs, number one is because um, you always have two guys that are just playing over the top. Um, and they, so they can kind of take away some of those deep shots and try to recover. Um, but also you could tell that the, you know, that's really where the chiefs, you know, made their money. So they had to change their game plan a little bit with how they attacked, um, teams and also with, um, them not being on the same page for, you know, the majority of this year on offense, 
it's given them fits because they haven't gotten into good rhythms. And then, you know, you think of Kelsey banged up, Hill banged up here and there, and they don't have anyone else outside of those two. So what I have always been worried about running that is, is number one, if you're going to run a defensive scheme, you have to have the guys to run it. Right. So you think of Morig, okay. He can play over the top in that too high. And then it's like, well, is Abram, is it, you know, is it Nate Hobbs? right? It's like, who's going to really do it? So I think personnel has something to to do with that. Essentially running the too high, and this is probably um, goes without saying, but if you run the too high and and, and not the cover three, right? To where you don't have three over the top, um, it's more aggressive. It's a more aggressive approach um, and can kind of force them in something, but also it it makes it to where you're susceptible for something deep where if you've ever watched Raider game and you're like, you see the corner pass it off on one of the sides and there's no safety there, right? That's when it can be. That's when it can be scary. So the Raiders were able to run that um, pretty well, but also like in the past. And but I just don't. I think it's a comfortability thing with communication in the secondary. So you go to to that cover three, cover three zone, soft cover three zone. They're like, we're just gonna. We don't want to get beat too. Deep, we don't want to get beat too much, whatever. Or we're gonna jump into man where it may be. So I don't. Once again, I don't know if I have the answer. I, I just think when you look at those two um, schematically, um, I think we kind of just go into what's comfortable and that's our base defense. And so, you know, we also got into certain, uh, certain spots where we ended up running man and playing a little bit more aggressive and didn't have help over the top. Um, because, you know, you, you look at the game that, that we played in, in Vegas where they just picked us apart. They just kind of sat there and, and we just ran that soft cover three and we ran some of that cover two, but it was all zone and, and he, they just picked us apart. So I think the Raiders wanted to get a little bit more aggressive in a man approach. And then also, if we ran zone, we play just a little bit kind of that cover three where we have three guys that are over the top theoretically to where we can stop it. So I don't know why they're doing that um, or why they didn't do that or because there's obviously a blueprint, but the blueprint is only a blueprint. If you know, you got to have the guys to do it. <laughs> so I think it's more, I think it's more personnel, which we struggle with personnel at times and especially in our secondary. So um, I don't know. It's, I think it's a comfortability thing. I think it's having the guys to, to play. And it's not just over the top. Cause I'm obviously focusing on those, you know, the two safeties or the, the two corners and a safety, whatever it may be, but it's also the underneath guys, right. Are the, are the backers getting put into, cause you can still run cover two or you can go run a too high safety with man and you can run it in zone. Right. So I think it's, do we have the right guys to run that scheme effectively? And I just don't know if we do or have the right people to do it. So I don't know. It's not a very good answer. It's just the only observation that I think is that we tried to, you know, shoot our bullet when we could. And, and then at times we got, got exposed and we, then we just got very soft and we also get beaten that way too. So it's not, it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the, the angle I was kind of thinking of too, is the personnel side of things. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it has had success. So, you know, you should probably try running it, but if you don't have the right guys to do so, you know, you've basically either got, Jonathan Abram back there in coverage, which we've seen is a complete liability, you know, or um, Dalvin Levitt out there playing, you know, safety for him. You know, and he's, it sucks to say, but he's better when it comes to coverage and stuff like that, but it's also Dalvin Levitt. Uh, and when you do that, you know, having Jonathan Abram in the box, like he is uh, when we do that cover three, he's almost the best linebacker we have. You know what I mean? If you think about it. So it's like when you put that second safety back there, like you said, personnel on the linebacker side of things, it's, 
it's abysmal kind of all the way around. And I will say that I have really liked uh, what we've been seeing from Divine Diablo. Um, he, he has been, he's had his issues in coverage and he's kind of working through some stuff, but I feel like he is starting to come into his own a little bit. He's playing better. You know, I think that's just going to come, you know, with repetition and, and getting in there more. Malcolm Kuntz um, at end. He, he's been playing really well these last two games that he, you know, he's been able to get in there, which is nice seeing some, some promise out of him too. It's tough because I, I do think they're starting to, and, you know, we've been riddled by injury when it comes to our linebackers, you know, going into this season, we had Morrow. It looked like Javon White was, uh, you know, he was playing really well in preseason uh, before he got hurt. It looked like he was going to be, you know, a, a great player there, linebacker for us. With Quit being, he's been hurt pretty much all year, it seems like. Um, and, and Littleton's just been so up and down. I mean, he's had times where he's been good, and then time most of the time he's not playing well at all. So I think a linebacker is very similar to, you know, kind of the offensive line, which we're going to touch on in a minute, um, where we have been riddled with injuries to these guys that, you know, we thought were going to be starters. And the people behind them were kind of just like getting thrown into the fire and kind of learning, learning as we go kind of thing. So... I think on top of the fact that, you know, they don't necessarily want to put Jonathan Abram back there in coverage. It's hard to have him off of the field in, you know, in regards to him being, you know, probably the best all around player at linebacker that we almost have right now on a, you know, play to play basis. So it's shitty when you look at that and say, we're the only team that can't play, you know, a good enough cover two to give them fits. Uh, but here we are. I mean, it's not the most, it's definitely not the most Raider thing to happen. And it's mm-hmm. definitely, you know, such a thing, such a Raider thing to happen as well. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I mean, both of them are, are tough, right? And, and it's like you run the, theoretically, if you're like, okay, we want to run cover two instead of cover three, and let's talk about zone for a second. We're basically saying we want to dedicate, we want to remove someone from the secondary and bring them up, right, to play in the nickel or whatever it is and just have those two safeties. And so that exposes you um, in other ways too, right? And so, and then with the cover three, then it's like, okay, well, we're going to drop it and just play those, you know, thirds. But then you're susceptible for if, because they, I mean, the, the Chiefs are incredible at, you know, kind of those man beaters, right? Where they just, they run you off. They, they, you're going to drag, they're going to drag Kelsey right in front of your face and they're going to drag Hill coming the other way and Hill's going to go up, right? And Kelsey's getting, and you're like, well, I have to, this corner has to sit on Kelsey or go play Hill and then they'll beat you, right? So I think just like any defense and just like any zone, there's always holes, right? When you look at cover two, you you know those corners are playing. They usually play press, or they'll play just right off the ball, and so and that helps in the run game. So that helps for run support, um, which the Chiefs like to do. They run off of the edge, you know, out of shotgun, whatever. So that helps with run support. But you, that's when you start. Okay, well, if you get RPOs, um, or if you just get regular, you know, let's just call it three, four wide receiver routes, where the corners have to be able to run with those outside guys and then be able to drop in to take that crossing route. And that means that safety has got to be responsible. But if they send two guys at that safety and that, so the corner's like, I got to go with that second vertical on the outside. You got to have the backers to take that intermittent or intermediate crossing route. Right. So it's like, there's, there's a lot of ways to frame it up. I just think that the chiefs have done a very good job of, of adjusting to teams doing that. Now, granted, um, I think you look at the data and the stats and you're like, well, that's maybe we should just stick there, you know, but I think it's it, it's hard to it's hard to find a reason, but I just know that you know personnel has changed for us, and and we haven't been able to really win with anything on that side of the ball at times against this team. 
Yeah, and the, I mean, by all accounts, as we've you know kind of said over the, the defense has been playing well. You know, I mean, they've been they've been playing than a lot of better than a lot of defenses that we have had the luxury to see over the years from the Raiders side of things. But this is a perfect example of kind of like you know kind of talking about is being being strapped by the personnel to not do you know not adjust to to things like this and be able to you know have those. Uh, different looks and being able to go into different coverages when we need to run this, you know, cover two against a Chiefs team that has struggled against it. So I like our defense in regards to the young players that we have, the talent that we have. Um, we obviously have a lot of holes and in, in spots um, that are being exposed on a week to week basis. But nonetheless, it was just an interesting stat that I came across. And it was like, of course, that would happen. Of course, it would be like this. Uh, for the Raiders, even though I wanted to not like this, not like this. this. Shout out to a matrix. No, I I think it'd be fun to, to get into this in in the off season too, and just break down just different coverages and how, how it looks. And once again, if you, if you got the dudes, you got the personnel, you know, then you can run whatever you want. Um, And also if you have the pass rush, if you don't have any of that, then you got to be pretty dang disciplined to not give up 40. Um, And we did so. Yeah, and I think the Raiders have had, you know, the discipline. I just think that, or not the discipline, sorry, the pass rush. I mean, our pass rush has been, at least from the ends, we've had, we've been good at pressures, but we're not like taking the quarterback down. We're not getting a bunch of sacks. It seems like Max, especially, is like, is always there. You know, he's a finger away and he's, he's getting all these quarterback pressures leading the NFL and uh, quarterback pressures or hurries, whatever it is. But, you know, He's not really getting a whole lot of sacks. I think I think all of his sacks have come in within like two or three games this season. So mm. you know, it's we're getting the pressure, but not enough. You know, we're getting we're getting the pressure that's not finalizing into sacks or anything like that. Yeah. Well, and, and the last point about this, and we can move off, but um, I think that's what you've seen Mahomes get back into peak Mahomes, where you know at times where when he extends plays, so you don't really run man against the chiefs in general. Right. And so if you, and if you do, and he extends plays, then good luck, but especially in those zones, right. It's like what we're accounting for when we're talking about who gets what, when to drop off, that's as if it's, you know, one, two, three, check, go, right. Where it's one read, two read, nope, I'm going to go here. And that's four or five seconds, not to mention Crosby beats the tackle. Mahomes steps up, extends it. And now people are just in conflict, you know, all across the board. So it's, when 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 you have someone that has a special arm that can th- that can really make any throw all the way across the field, then you gotta either get to them or have some very disciplined guys to not kind of run into their own chaos and and break down. So that's all. That's the simple side of it all. But uh, so going on to the next thing that we have, um, this one's this stat's a lot more simpler than the one we just put out there. But Alex Leatherwood, Brandon Parker. So now transferring to the offensive line side, I think um, they're both tied for first in the NFL for uh, the highest pressure rates allowed. You know, if if we didn't already know that the right side of our line was probably the biggest liability we have on the team, that right there just you know that stat puts it into perspective for us. So I guess I'll I'll just kind of roll into that one. Our offensive line, like I mentioned, has been riddled with injuries. You know, going into this season. We thought Richie would be there at guard, uh, who was a big surprise for us when we, you know, first brought him in as far as how well he's played. Uh, we had Denzel Good, who can play guard and play tackle, which I think 
the ex- expectation was that he was going to be a great uh, pairing with Leatherwood uh, because they could, you know, shift in and out if they needed to. It would be someone that was reliable for Leatherwood to learn alongside um, with his ability to, you know, play both positions. He was out for the year. And so I know that with how bad Alex Leatherwood was playing at tackle that people were like, put Brandon Parker in. Brandon Parker sucks. And I feel like has always sucked for us. And I've always been upset when he's gotten in there and, ha- you know, given the chance to play. Cause I'm like, this guy sucks. Like, why is, why is he even in there? But when you have someone like Alex Leatherwood <laughs> who has been sucking even more, you know, this year at tackle and you have the idea. So we had all these injuries happen. We had John Simpson, uh, you know, as a backup starting at left guard. And then, you know, we had, Illuminor come in and he played pretty well when he came in uh in playing right guard um, filling in and whatnot but i i feel like they're stuck uh between a rock and a hard place at this point because leatherwood didn't play well at tackle right luminor played good at guard when he was playing next to him but now that they've moved leatherwood down into guard they have parker playing tackle they can't just replace uh, Leatherwood with Luminor, right? They can't just put a Luminor back in a guard because then you're saying like your first round draft pick isn't good enough to play on the offensive line, right? But he played so bad at tackle, you can't move him back out to tackle and essentially take Parker off because Parker is more of a vet than him. Um, and even though he has been bad as well, it's like, well, do you want bad or possibly worse, you know, if you switch things back up? So I think for our offensive line, you know, it's been so bad in that regard, especially the right side of the line, obviously. But they're such a, they're stuck in such a shitty position where they can't really change anything up now because you're damned if you do, damned if you don't in certain regards. So I think that that is going to be one of the biggest things that we focus on when it comes to draft and off season. I think it should be at least. And yeah, I think you know finishing out the rest of the season. It's I think we're just going to have to bite the bullet, deal with what we're dealing with, and pray to the Lord, baby Jesus, that next year we go into a better situation. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we dealt with this last, last year too, with kind of, you know, our offensive line being a revolving door and it's just not, it's not fun that it's consistent, but I'm, I'm just going to be as simple as, as I can um, because I think there's a lot of different combinations, what we're talking about with factoring in injuries, factoring in rotations, factoring in whatever. But if you looked at the games, I would look at, I, I would say yards per carry. I would say time of possession and I would look at third down efficiency. Okay. If I, I would take those three stats and look at every game and then see what the result was of Derek Carr passing wise, what the result was of the game in general, and what the result was as far as like uh, pressures and things like that. Because if you can't run the ball, then you're not taking, then the defense is just going to be like, they're going to throw the ball 45 times. So we're just going to pin our ears back. Okay. If you can't have long and and obviously time of possession, third down efficiency, I'll factor in. But if you can't extend drives and tire that defense out, even one more ser- one more set of plays, right? Then you know, then we can can't wear them out. We can't wear them out in the run game. You know what I'm saying? So it's like if we're constantly inefficient and we're you know constantly like going three of thirteen on third down, and we can't run the ball, right? Then obviously there's no sustained drives. But then the the O line has no shot, dude. You know, and I know they're a part of it to all encompassing with running the ball and rushing attack and, you know, time possession, things like that. But if they're always on their heels and then DC is always on his heels, 
right? And and the good teams that throw the ball that much that have like are successful because their O lines are stronger. Well, ours aren't. Our, our O line isn't strong. So, and we talked about a rushing game, and I know that's obviously ideal state where it's like, well, we should just run the ball better and convert on third down, what have you, right? But I just think if you look at those three things, I'd be very curious to see what the result is, was as far as DC's performance. And we know that that correlates to the result of our team traditionally. Um, so I think when you have a just a, a makeshift O-line, it's quick passing, okay? And you got to have a good rushing attack. Just take the pressure off. It's not like you're just going to throw four-yard out routes every time. But if you have a bad O-line, you have to compensate somehow. Watch, look at the Patriots. I mean, you look at over the years, their O-line has been up and down, but they've they've morphed the scheme around the weak points of their offense. And so if you don't have, you know, if you got to run a quick passing attack, you got to have dudes that can beat one-on-one coverage, okay? It's, it's Renfro and Waller when he's healthy, okay? And then you got to be able to run the ball. And you can't run the ball be, and look at, you no know, Alec Ingold, Josh Jacobs is banged up, Kenyon Drake's out for the year. It's, it's just impossible, in a sense, right? So um, I know that's just a lot of no does, but like, it's basically, what do you do then if you have a bad O-line or an injury-ridden O-line? Well, maybe let's get in shotgun so he has a little bit more time and let's just chop him up. But we've done that. When we look at the games, we've, we've done that. And then we've been able to at least run the ball for a couple first downs, or like at least be able to extend drives, you know, and take the pressure to where it's not just, you know, guys just pin their ears back and say, good luck, Brandon Parker, or... Leatherwood or Colton Miller, whatever. So it's just, it's terrible, dude. It's just so terrible. And everything has just morphed itself into, you know, we can't get out, out of our own way. And it, I don't know, but it starts, it, it starts in the trenches and it's as simple as it is, even though I just said 900 things. If you can't, if you can't win up front on, on either side, good luck. If you can't get to the passer, if you can't stop the rush or move the D line off the ball to, to at least get four or five yards here and there. Good luck. Don't matter how yeah. many dudes you have, really. Yeah, uh, right. Weapons wise. And what's funny is that there's there's so many different stats out there that people have for things, and I've seen a few that tell such a different story when it comes to like looking at our offensive line, like that one obviously about those two having the highest pressure rate right in the NFL. Um, there's also a stat out there about DC's um, like time to pass from snap to release or whatnot. Like he has more time to pass than the average quarterback in the NFL. So that would, you know, sit there and try to entail that our offensive line is doing well and giving him time to throw the ball, you know. But you have people that are like, see, look at this stat. It's not the old line's fault, it's DC's fault, right? And you have people saying, like, it's not DC's fault. He doesn't have an offensive line that's gonna balk for him. And some people are like, no, it's Josh Jacobs' fault, you know, all this stuff they're all right. That's the funny thing is that they literally are all right. And, you know, you can say it's more of one person than the other for whatever reason, but it's such a domino effect, like you said, where Josh Jacobs can't run the ball if we can't pass and, you know, they're not afraid of our passing game for whatever reason, or the O-line's not blocking well enough. Uh, our passing game can't get going if they're not afraid, the defense isn't afraid that we're going to run the ball on them, right? You know, our O-line can't get some rest and like help wear out a defense if, we're going three and out all the time or, you know, whatever it is. It's just such a domino effect for everything that it's like, this is like the pinnacle of like why this is a team sport, you know, why it's not all on one person or one thing, but 
you know, it, they say that to have success, everybody's got to do their job at the same time as well. If you got everybody not doing their job at the same time too, this is what you kind of start to get. So uh, it's just, you know, it's a round table that you can just kind of circle. It's like a, it's like a lazy Susan and just get twisted around and around and around forever. Absolutely. No. And it, and it's, you're right. And they're right when they pick, when they, when you cherry pick stats. And I think, cause it's not like that's lazy. It's just like, well, yeah, you, you could see why you would be frustrated with Jacobs. And that's, you know, and that's a good, a good transition to our third point that we did want to discuss, but we are going to cliffhanger that one and um, touch on it another time. Um, just because we are at our limit today. Um, we obviously dove into, you know, the coverages, defense stuff and the offensive line struggles a little bit more in depth and we weren't able, and we didn't get as frustrated as the chiefs game as I thought we would. Anyways, that's all we have. We will be previewing the Browns game coming up this weekend. Um, Raiders play on Saturday, so get ready for that. Till next time, Raider Nation, love you guys. Stand up as always. Sit down, get comfortable, and uh, stand up again on Saturday. Peace out. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go download DraftKings Sportsbook. Sportsbook isn't in your state. Go download DraftKings in general. Uh, If you haven't played it yet, what are you doing? Who are you? Everybody's played DraftKings, but if you haven't played it yet, go download it. If you use code TPPN, they're going to give you a bunch of great deals, a bunch of great offers um, to really win a bunch of money without spending a whole lot of money, which is the greatest thing that you could ever do. So go download that, try it out, promo code TPPN. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see all of our handles on social media. Uh, we Instagram's at Raider Take Podcast. If you're listening on podcasts, thank you for listening. But also go follow our YouTube. Go subscribe. Watch these videos. Uh, we like to throw out some video content. Uh, even if you don't like our ugly mugs, watch it anyways. As always, we appreciate it. Got the Browns next week. Uh, this week coming up. And we'll see y'all later.